In Scotland, when friends get together, they blether. When these three friends happen to be Scottish Blue Badge tourist guides, you can be sure that the country that they're so passionate about will be right at the heart of their discussions. Be it contemporary or historical, culinary or cultural, reminiscence or anecdote, from accommodation to zoos, the chat will range right across the entire alphabet of topics and issues that are live and happening in Scotland right now. We hope that you'll join us. There's nothing to beat a recht git blether. Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of Scottish Blethers. This is Susan here and I am talking to Mark Bridgman. Mark is an author of a number of books and he is based in Highland Perthshire in Scotland, not far from where I live myself. So Mark, tell us a little bit about yourself and the books you've written. Hi Susan. Um, well, my name's Mark Bridgman. I'm living in Aberfeldy at the moment. I'm originally from England. I've lived up here for nearly 20 years now and just probably about two years ago I thought I would love to have a book published and I started writing a couple of local history books although I'd done some research before I didn't actually ever really have the time to put them into you know onto the page but I managed to get into that a couple of years ago and since then I've had four books published and I've got a, wow. three or four other ones in the pipeline as well and they've been about local history which has fascinated me since I lived here. So I come from uh, Wiltshire in England, which you might be able to tell by my accent. Uh-huh. And it's a very quiet place, lots of agricultural history, quite a serene place, not a lot going on. But when I moved to Highland Perthshire, of course, I was completely, totally taken in by the history here, the depth of the history here and the colourful characters, you know, the Jacobites and the rebellions and the clans and all the, you know, the battles and the ghosts and there's so much history here. So plenty of inspiration. Yeah. So first of all, I my first book that I wrote was a book called The River Runs Red, which is a series of crime and mister, uh, mystery and murder stories and things like that about the local area in Highland Persia that covers Aberfeldy and Pitlochry and most of the areas around here. And based on true stories? Yeah, they're all true stories. Everything, everything in the book is true stories. But what I wanted to do was concentrate on stories that were really social history about people and what life was like, you know, 100, 200, 300 years ago, this kind of thing, rather than big historical events. So a lot of these stories are stories that people have never heard before. And I've actually had lots of great comments from people that have lived here all their lives that didn't know any of the stories that I'd written and were totally amazed to find out that these things had gone on in quiet backwaters like Aberfeldy and Pitlochry. So that's, that was really great to hear from, from local people. They just didn't know any of these stories. And I covered stories about murder, you know, a couple of local con men that uh, stole lots of money and then left the area and disappeared. Goodness. These kinds of stories, you know, lots of really, really interesting stories. A couple of funny stories as well to lighten the mood a bit. And the book was so successful that I was asked to write another one about a different part of Scotland, which was Lochaber. Mm-hmm. I wrote a second book on, along a similar theme, which was called Blood Beneath Ben Nevis, which came out last year. Uh, and that does the same sort of thing. It covers the area around Fort William, Scottish Islands, and that sort of area up there. Yeah. And that's that's been really popular as well. It's, it's on a similar theme, some great local stories. Again, lots of stories which people in the area hadn't heard before. And that um, 
that's gone down really well. And I, in, in between that, I played cricket as my sort of hobby and my pastime. And I wrote a book about the history of cricket in the area as well. Goodness, you have been busy. Yeah. Um, now, unfortunately for me, both my book, Blood Beneath Ben Nevis, and my cricket history book, which was called Surviving in the Shadows, both came out six days before Boris Johnson announced the lockdown. Of course, closed all the bookshops and prevented me from doing a book launch and all these kinds of things. So that made it difficult, obviously, to, you know, yes. to sell in the way that we would have hoped. Yeah. I was also um, hoping to appear at a couple of book festivals during the summer, which, of course, didn't happen. Uh. Um, so that, that didn't help. But I'm guessing that, you know, the plus side of it, the bonus for me is that not being able to do anything else over the summer has enabled me to at least carry on writing and researching my next books, even if it's not been as easy to promote the existing books as possible. So have you taken a lot of your inspiration then from Perthshire? Yeah, I have. At the moment, I've just actually finished, and about a week ago, I finished the second volume of The River Runs Red, which is, again, stories about Perthshire. So there's a second volume of that, which will be coming out hopefully around Easter next year. Yeah. Um, that's off with the publisher at the moment. So I've just finished that one. And that's actually probably better than the first one. I think it's, it's I found some amazing stories for that. So I'm, I'm really pleased with that. So I spent, I spent most of the summer doing that and researching through archives, you know, trying to find some old stories from the area. Yes. Yeah, it's, it, it's not been too, you know, the, the lockdown hasn't been too bad for me. It's been probably not as bad as it's been for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, at least it's enabled me to, to research and carry on with new projects. Although you do have, uh, there's a, there's a, there's been a limit to some of the things that I've been able to do. Yes, I suppose access. Who do you find is your favourite Scottish author then? Well, I, my two favourite Scottish author, authors are probably John Buchan and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. And there's a reason for that. I've always really enjoyed adventure stories, particularly period adventure stories from the Victorian and Edwardian era. There's, there's something very sort of British about those stories. And uh, I tried to sort of emulate that. In my two books, The River Runs Red and Blood Beneath Ben Nevis, they're very much meant to be a series of short stories yep. which were written in that kind of adventure style that Arthur Conan Doyle used to write the Sherlock Holmes stories in. And I think I've been vindicated in doing that because everybody that's read the book has really enjoyed that style of writing. So my, my books, although they're about true crimes, they're not one very long story about one crime. Neither are they very short articles that you sometimes get pasted together in books which are not very complete and not very satisfying. They're a very short story, maybe 3,000 words each story, telling you one crime story or one mystery story, but that story is complete and I've tried to tell it like an adventure story. So it's almost like you're reading fiction and you're really there, but they're actually factual stories rather than just a a list of facts and events that happen. My kind of book, that's for sure. So I'm I'm hoping that I've, I've tried to sort of emulate that style in the way that John Buchan used to write and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle used to write the Sherlock Holmes books. So... They're very much written in that that style of adventure writing that was very common about 1900. And I'm hoping that I've, I, I sort of tried to copy their style a bit. So they're kind of written in a slightly period style with some of the words and things that I've used and the phrases that I've used. So I'm, I'm hoping it gives you a sense of the period when you read them as well. That's really the style that I tried to emulate. So those those two guys are probably my favourite authors in that. They've, they've inspired me. Great. And of course, you've got your blog posts as well. Yeah, so I start be, again during lockdown when you were, we were all looking for ways to promote ourselves. Um, I thought, well, I'll start a blog. So I created a website, 
and I occasionally publish short stories on there, you know, for free for people to read, usually yeah. along similar lines, similar subjects, and people can link to those either via my blog or via my Facebook page. So I've, I've published quite a few of those recently. Um, I've, I've probably got to do another two or three before the end of the year. Great. I did a lot of research at the West Highland Museum in Fort William, and uh, they asked me to write a series of stories about St Kilda to help mark the 90th anniversary of the yes. evacuation of St Kilda. So I wrote a series of blogs for them, which are very popular too. They're very good. And it's a good way of advertising yourself when you're an author as well. Well, I think it just goes to your short stories as well. You're able to distill it down into a really interesting bit of writing that gives people the key information and, and they actually enjoy reading about it as well, even though it's a difficult topic. Yeah. I hope so, yeah. So, Mark, what books are you working on now? I've just completed writing a book about the area that I come from in Wiltshire, and that, that will be out very soon. And on top of that, I'm also writing a biography about one of the characters from The River Runs Red, my first book. So one of the stories in there just covered a period of about two or three years. But this one chap lived in the area here, close to Aberfeldy. Can we ask who it is? The guy's name is Francis Metcalf. Nobody will have heard of him. No. But this guy led the most amazing and interesting life. And I, I, because The River Runs Red covered a sort of a small snapshot of his life, I did a little bit more research and found out what an amazing life this chap had led. So I decided I'm going to write a biography about this guy. So I'm about 95% finished on that. I'm just waiting for, believe it or not, for lockdown in Canada to finish so that some administrative offices in Canada can open up because I'm waiting for some information to be provided to me about how this guy finished his life in Canada. Okay. And once that's finished that book, and this is a truly amazing story, um, so I'm really, really hoping I can get this one published. And that, that's taken me a lot of time in lockdown to do that. Uh-huh. And I also started work on my first novel, which is kind of historical fiction. It's based on a true event. I can't really say too much about it because okay. I don't want to give anything away. Yeah. But it's, it's based up in Lock Arbor, and it's based on a sort of a, a local mystery that nobody knows the answer to. So what I've done is I've kind of created an answer and a character to provide the answer to this question about what this mystery is. So all the events that happen in the book are real. Every single incident and occurrence in the book genuinely happened and all the other people in the book are real historical characters, except for this one invented character that I've inserted into the story to sort of answer this question. Uh And I know that sounds really kind of mysterious but I can't explain anymore because I can't give anything away about it. that's another project that I'm working on but I had to stop that one because of the lockdown I couldn't travel to research it intriguing it is it's really intriguing so I'm really hoping I can get that one finished and do you have a rough idea of when that might be published uh maybe I probably wouldn't be until 2022 now but okay. um I'm hoping to get it finished. I'm hoping I can get back up there and finish my research on it and perhaps get it finished during the course of next year. That would be my plan. Brilliant. But it's it's so intriguing. I wish I could tell you more, but I can't because <laughs> if I give one thing away, I give too much away. So it's I'm gonna have, when if if and when I actually do get that published, I'll have to work out a really good tagline that doesn't give too much away. <laughs> well, you'll need to let us know and we'll put it up on Scottish yeah. Blether so our followers can go looking for it once it's ready in 2022. Excellent. So on Scottish Blethers, we have our favourite Scots word or phrase of the episode. Uh, So a question for you. Do you have a favourite Scots word or phrase and what is it? Oh, how many do you want? (laughs) (laughs) I've got loads. Well, mine, mine tend to fall into sort of two different categories, really. So when I first moved to Scotland, I obviously met lots of people use lots of phrases I'd never heard before in England and I didn't have a clue what they meant. And uh, the ones that always amused me was peace. 
having oh yes uh-huh. yeah um so when my when my children went to school you know you'd have people saying have they got their piece have they got their play piece meaning of course have they got their snack um yes. and then of course i didn't have a clue what that meant it took me ages <laughs> to work out what that one meant so that that's always amused me and the other one that i that i came across um often in sport actually when i was playing cricket or things was the phrase shot when people say would you can i have a shot at that or would you like a shot at that meaning would you like a go yes would you like to try something would you people in here always say would you like would you like a shot or can i have a shot and to me a shot is a shot of whiskey <laughs> <laughs> to me a shot is that and of course they meant can i have a go at doing something so that caused me some confusion till i worked that one out oh my goodness um, so th- those are sort of two phrases that have always amused me but whilst since i've been researching books um, as I said to you, I've, I've, a lot of my writing has been about true crime. So I've yeah. trawled through lots of old Scottish trial records and um, court records, these kind of things. So I, or I'm always coming across old Scottish legal phrases, which are very different to the ones used in England. The Scots, you know, had its own criminal system, still has its own criminal system uh-huh. and law. So many of the words that I came across in those, I had to look these up because I thought, what does that word mean? I have no idea what that word means. So the, the one I came across recently was some um, Egyptians being used in a, they were talking about Egyptians from an, a 19th century court case in Scotland. I thought, what is an Egyptian? There weren't any Egyptians in Scotland. That not the gypsies? It is, the gypsies, yeah. Yes. You're dead right. I didn't know that one, so I had to look that one up. I've never, I'd never heard that reference or that word being used to describe gypsies. Yes, I think Scottish. somebody came to the court of the king or something and presented himself as the king of the Egyptians. And there's something in my memory. I did a lot of work on gypsies in the borders and just sort of some stories were down there. And it's something like that. Interesting. It is, I think. Yeah. And you're dead right. I think that's where it comes from. And I'd never heard this phrase before. Um, and so that I thought that was quite a good one. And the other one that I came across a little while ago was, again, it was in an old court case from the Victorian era, was the doomster. And I thought, well, that sounds quite sinister. What's the doomster? And it, apparently the doomster is a, is a Scottish word for the public executioner. Oh. So I, thought, I thought that was a great word, the doomster. It's so evocative, isn't it? Great. Another one I need to add to my list. Yeah. So those are, those are probably the best ones I've come across recently. Fantastic. Well, thanks for those. I'm looking for a, I'm looking for a chance to use Doomster in a story. Oh, well, well, we'll have to read all your books and look out for that. That's for sure. So where can listeners find your books and your blog if they would like to buy your books? Well, the easiest uh, way to access my blog is via my Facebook page, which is Mark Bridgman Author. Okay. Uh, that's probably the easiest place to find my blog. Um, there's a link to my blog on there. Brilliant. And there's also other information on the page about things that I'm doing as well. My books are available locally here where I live in the Watermill Bookshop in Aberfeldy and also the Highland Bookshop in Fort William. Um, all the Scotland branches of Waterstones are carrying my books. And if you're not living here, uh, they're available on Amazon uh, and available on Waterstones as well on their websites and one or two other websites as well. Uh, and you can also message me directly. So if you've got a specific request, like you'd like a signed copy or you're living somewhere in the world where Amazon may not ship to, you can just message me via my Facebook page and I can arrange to supply you directly with books as well. So that it's easy to get hold of them. That's fantastic. Well, hopefully lots of people will start checking out your, your blog and everything. Yeah, I hope so. Mark, thank you very much for your time. And good luck with the, the next books that you're working on. Thank you very much. And I've got, I've got lots more in the pipeline, so I'll keep you posted. Oh, that'd be fantastic. We look forward to hearing about them. Thank you.